morning all, this is Nolan Bushnell and Leah Haynes for the Exodexa podcast and we've got all kinds of stuff that we've been thinking about and we thought we'd share some of it with you. And right now the number one concern for most educators is AI, so shall we start with that one, Nolan? Yeah, sure. I, You know, I've actually looked at the Schopenhauer in, you know, creative destruction thing. And it turns out that history is pretty consistent that whenever a new technology, a new tool comes along, that if you try to protect jobs, you fail. If you embrace the technology and deal with it, society benefits. And so I believe that AI is going to destroy a whole bunch of jobs. But to me, what we really want is to have the ability to redeploy those jobs into the future that I would like to have built. And uh, if we can do AI tutoring so that all of the have-nots that, you know, the underclass that haven't been able to afford tutoring can, I think that's a real step in the right direction. I agree with you wholeheartedly on that one, Nolan. I think the people who, who will, the people in education at least, who will lose their jobs for, because of AI are the ones who refuse to engage with it. And I've been reading, you know, some schools are banning it completely, other schools have embraced it wholeheartedly. But even the ones who have embraced it, I, I think that there's another opportunity, sort of like the pandemic gave us an opportunity to rethink the way we were doing education. Only unfortunately, most schools have gone back to business as usual. We're not going to be able to with AI because it's going to be student-led. And so embracing it and it, it will require that we change the way we teach. And we needed to anyway. I, I think, well, a couple of things, because I've been attending as many talks and conferences as I can about AI. And I hear a lot of people, you know, s same split, positive and negative. But with the positive, I haven't yet heard, here's how we should embrace it. Um, it, it's not just about having kids admit that they used AI. It's encouraging kids to use AI and finding, instead of having the teacher at the front of the room telling everyone what they need to know and the kids all, for the most part, letting it go in one ear and out the other, I think the statistic is something like 10% of what we hear, we still remember two weeks later. But 90% of what we do we still remember two weeks later. So instead of the lecture, give the kids the final exam on day one and say, this is what we're going to research this semester. And we'll start with this one. I want you to go find as much information as you can about this topic and let's come back tomorrow and discuss it. So that they might use AI to do all that research for them, which is fine. But rather than, you know, if you teach to this information all semester and then test them at the end, 
they're just, they're not going to remember except what they cram for the night before they'll remember. But will they remember it a few weeks later? If you engage them in the research, and when they write the paper, instead of having them write a paper and hand it in, have them write a paper, present it to the class, and then do a Q&A. You'll know whether they engaged with the AI to learn it or whether they just told the AI to write them a paper. And yeah. it gives them an opportunity to do some public speaking and practice that. Well, you know, I think that it takes a certain amount of brain retraining to go from a 30-kid classroom in which disruption and, and you know, deportment is really important to a virtual classroom where the teacher has only has to deal with five or ten kids because everybody else is on the computer. I went to a, I went to a class, a high school class, that had a hundred kids. It was the most well-disciplined, quietest schoolroom I've ever seen. The kids were on computers with headsets. I was there to give a speech. They quietly got up from their workstation and went into a, a little, like, theater place where they had, like, theater seats, and I had my slides, and, and I gave a speech to them. But they had really rethought thought the, um, the whole educational paradigm. And did the teacher feel overwhelmed by having 100 I think it was might even have been 120 kids in that room and uh, and and yet and she had an assistant you know that was helping because there was a central resource a, a, a printer that, that they were could the kids could use and various things but I was so impressed with that as a new educational paradigm and I think that AI is going to be a much like that and then of course the software we're working on can be a big part of that where you know the Socratic method where you're having kids explore our world and get educational outcomes AI where you explore the synthetic world of artificial intelligence I just feel like we are making things so much better, so much more effective. Well, and having, you know, the 100 or 120 kids in high school in a classroom is a little more realistic preparation for what college will be than the smaller classrooms. But And if the kids are engaged individually, and again, I think that's something that Exodexa is working to have an impact on. If the kids can work independently at their own pace in areas that they're self-directed with supervision from a teacher, it does it does make the teacher's job a lot less stressful. And Sky. AI automates so much of the uh, mundane work of the... The, the, the drudgery. The, you know, yeah. the... Yeah. Well, I... I like to say, you know, one of the one of the areas that AI is going to totally take over is customer service. Mm -hmm. And the idea of getting a customer service call 
picked up immediately rather than going into some queue for two hours. That, I think that's progress. <laughs> I, I think so, too. And for the most part, the people on in customer service have a list of things that they can say in response to what the problem is. I mean, that's definitely a job that AI can handle. All of the, the uh, out, uh, outbound calls that we get from systems, like that's all AI future. And I agree with you that there, there are going to be uh, jobs that will go missing the, the same way as there were when the car came along and people weren't shoeing horses as much as they had in the past. I mean, careers well, you know, the, with technology. The, the one I like to talk about is that in if you were a young single woman in the 30s, one of the major career paths, I think it was like 25% of, of uh, jobs were telephone operators. You know, so yeah. is the world worse off because we don't have all those telephone operators anymore? Not at all. <laughs> no, women got a chance to look at other possibilities and move into other uh, jobs. It is going to be a major disruption, not unlike the industrial age. And, you know, when computers were first introduced and the Internet was first introduced and there will be bad actors, there's no question there will be bad actors because we have bad actors in our world. But there will be more benefits, I believe, than there are negatives. Well, I think that we always have this problem of dealing with lies, deceit, distortions, you know, if you repeat a lie often enough, it becomes a de facto truth. But I think that once you say, you know, we don't know whether this is true or not, an AI is not necessarily going to be the truth arbiter, you know, either. No, it's so true. I think that um, we all have to have a little bit of cynicism in our heart. <laughs> <laughs> Well, in your earlier point, too, Nolan, about the fact that AI will allow every child to have a tutor. Yeah. And and so many families that need it can't afford it. So that it will level the playing field in a lot of areas. Uh, dyslexic kids who get, you know, D's and, and, and failures on their papers because they don't spell well or their, you know, their, their uh, sentence structure isn't quite right. AI can help with that. And I don't know, for me, spelling was always an issue for me. And then I, Canadian, you know, we use different letters in different places than American words. It was always a problem for me when I, uh, when computers started doing spell check, it made me a better speller because I'd see the mistake I made, I'd see the correct, and I could move on. And then eventually that correct one is what stays in your head. So. I've, I, I think that AI has the potential to do that for us in many ways, that just a child's interest, they can go way down the rabbit hole with AI, researching their interests and finding out who, uh, who, who is opposed to their ideas, who is on their side. I think there's just lots of benefit to this. No question. Well, you know, I'm dyslexic and all my sons are dyslexic. None of my daughters. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? And, and uh, it, it tends to be uh, hereditarily 
by the male line, just statistically. But, but um, when I first went in the first grade, I was in the blue reading group. Dot dot dot. The dumb guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can relate because I somehow skipped the line and managed to be dyslexic as a female, and I also I was considered a slow learner. That was just all there was to it, and I. And once you hear that enough, you start to believe it. So it took me a long time to uh, to feel like I had the ability to go to graduate school, or even just to finish a, a you know a BA initially. So doing a, uh, a PhD was not something that I ever anticipated as a young person, and it took a long time to get to a place where I felt like okay, it might take me longer. I might be a slower learner, but I'm going to do this and. You know, I'm just a different learner. You know, a slow learner, you know, that's actually kind of an interesting question. What does it mean to be a slow learner? I'm not sure anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that there was a pejorative that people say, well, he's a little slow. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. But, the, but you know, in the in the world of business, nobody's there with a stopwatch. True. <laughs> you know, and it's true. But, so maybe, uh, maybe you know, my, with, with go ahead, Nolan. Sorry, I was going to say, Wyatt, my my youngest son, has got a company who's doing video games, and he asserts that uh, AI has tripled his speed of programming by three x. A lot of times, ChatGPT does a whole series of code that he just cuts and pastes, and he's learning how to properly query it. Hmm. He says, and he's yeah. even get. he thinks that uh, in another three or four months, it'll probably speed him up by four to five times because not because it's gotten better, but because he's gotten better. Right. And so right. that's the skill that I want all the kids to learn. Yeah. If kids had that, you know, if, if their learning could be increased in speed by a, a three, we, we are, proposing even a 10x eventually, then why not? Yeah. Let, them, let them explore, let them move forward at their own pace and explore what they're interested in. We know what we need to teach them. They've got lots of things they want us to teach them. And right now, I think we should probably uh, wrap this one up and say uh, anybody who's interested in this should follow us on uh, Exodexa, follow us on this podcast. And and send us your questions and your thoughts. And even if you completely disagree with us, we want to hear. Yeah, we, uh, we've actually got a book coming out in which it's amazingly silent on AI. But we may have to do a revision. <laughs> right. Second edition. Thanks, Thank you, Norlin. Bye.